Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Joey Boudreaux. And uh, Sally. Sally was supposed to be <laughs> <yet>? there. Sally. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh. Sally can't be in studio. Why? She's still dealing with all those issues from the flood four or five months ago now. But still has a smile on her face. Yep. Still has an upbeat personality. Still Sally. Love her. I said, it, you know, I'm going to come to you if something happens to me. I want to follow your lead, sister. So we miss her here in the studio, but no, she is getting her life back whole, which we want to help her do. On this episode of the Gifted Life Podcast, lots to come. Maybe you watched on January 2nd, the Rose Parade. Did you see the Donate Life float? Wow. Did you see the Louisiana Florograph? We're going to take you kind of behind the scenes here on this podcast. Incredible. And then we'll be talking to a special guest, a donor mom who says donation has helped her help others. We'll tell you more. That's a great story. Sally will continue her conversation by phone today on anxiety around the holidays. And as always, we'll be honoring a hero. And so much more here on The Gifted Life. What do we ask of you? Please help us spread the word. It's easy to do. Absolutely. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Pocket Cast, or whatever your favorite podcast app, or just find us on lopa.org. Slash podcast. It is that easy. On Facebook, Donate Life Louisiana, a lot of what we talk about you'll see on those social media sites. Uh, maybe you tweet. Maybe you're on Instagram, at Donate Life LA. We typically don't show what food we're eating. We talk about what's happening at the community so you can join in. We also have a hotline, and we have a new jingle sung we, by... We do G- have a hotline. <laughs> not quite as hot as Sally's hotline, <laughs> but... I thought he was really going to sing for a second. not. But what's that podcast number? It's 504-648-3477. That's 504-648-3477. You kind of sounded like you wanted to do a little singing a little there. Bit. But we want this to be interactive. You could do this in your jammies. You could do it at 1 in the morning. You can tell us your story. Tell us about your donation journey. And we may share that here on The Gifted Life. And this is about education. This is about learning. This is about spreading awareness. And you could be part of that team. Ready to get going? Yep. Let's do it. In our community segment, we want to focus on the Donate Life Rose Float that just happened, just rolled in the Rose Parade January 2nd. What a sight to see. And so many eyes on that float of heroes. It's such a beautiful thing to watch as it was this time. And fortunately for us, we've been able to sponsor a hero there at the Rose Parade for over a decade now. Which is incredible. And on that float is what's called the flora graph. So, and I didn't know what that was before this float in the donation world, but basically you take a picture of the hero and then this hero's image is placed on a plaque and his image is in all plant material. It looks just like them. It is it something to see if you hadn't seen it. It's very inspiring to me. That's my favorite thing to watch. But the hero on this float 
is Ricardo Buck Brown. And you said we get to sponsor a hero family. Yes. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to see an unveiling for a couple donor families before. And our own Shalon Carraway, formerly known as Shalon Lochley. She just got married. Congrats, (laughs) Shalon. She was able to catch up with Buck's family, Miss Benita Wilson, at that moment that she first cast her eyes on that image, on that floor graph. I can't wait to listen. Let's check it out. All right, well, I'm here with Miss Benita, and her son, Ricardo, was a donor, uh, you said, five years ago, huh? Five years ago, Sunday, for the exact date. Can you tell us a little bit about Ricardo? Well, Ricardo was born a twin. They were preemies, and they really didn't expect him to live. His brother passed after 14 hours, and I just felt like he took on the strength of his brother because... He didn't let anything stop him. He had cerebral palsy. He played on the basketball teams, the baseball teams. He even joined the high school football team, which I was like, oh my God, they're going to kill him. They're going to break his bones. You know, but he was happy as he could be. He was a happy boy. After graduation, he was like, uh, so you know, I told him, you're going to either go to school or you're going to get a job. So, so he came to Shreveport to the Diesel Driving Academy Got his CDLs, got hired driving a saltwater truck, and was happy as he could be about it. It was less than three weeks after he really started driving on his own that he had his accident. And so had y'all ever talked about being an organ donor? Never. I found out after he passed that he registered in February Mm. and lost his life in April. You just got to see... Your son's amazing floor graph. Can you tell me, what were your thoughts when you first laid eyes on it? As I told the guy from the news station, when I saw it, it reminded me of this picture that I have on my shirt, a cartoon character. Because that's the kind of guy he was. He was always funny. He kept us rolling. And he was just a happy guy. So when I saw that, it was like, yes, this is reality. It was perfect. It was perfect. It was perfect. It's it was, beautiful. It was perfect. It really is beautiful. Isn't it amazing all the little like seeds that they put together it's to make the picture? Them. And I think it's just amazing. A so, thing is some ginger. Yeah. A cinnamon. Do it. I cook with this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now my son's face. Yes. Yes. Never would have imagined. So we're going to Pasadena. Yes, ma'am. Pasadena, I'm on my way. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Can you tell me, like, is this your first time going to California? This is my first time. When I was a little girl, I always heard about California, and I've always wanted to go to California. Had no idea what I was going to do in California, but I wanted to go to California. Well, and now you get to go to California and see your amazing son on that big old float on a national stage. Yes. Almost makes me want to cry. Go ahead. <laughs> you know we always cry. We always end up crying together. So how happy is Buck right now? Buck is happy. I know he is. He has to be. He is happy. I mean, he is still taking care of his mom. Yeah. He is. I, I mean, God gave him to me for 23 years, and I took care of him the best that I could. So he's returning to Christ. Here with me right now is Mr. Wanda. 
and she is Buck's kidney recipient, and she is so excited because she is going on adventure with Miss Benita Wilson, who is Buck's mother, and she is going to Pasadena, aren't you, Mr. Wanda? Yes, I'm going to Pasadena. I'm so excited about this opportunity to honor Buck, giver of life. It just means so much to me to be able to uh, spend time with his mother and his family as we pay homage to him. Such an amazing, I've never been to California. Gosh, so. it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be amazing. I've never been on an airplane, I might put that in. But anyway, I'm so excited. A trip full of firsts. Trip for the firsts, okay? So I'm very, very excited and I can't wait to hit the ground running. <laughs> now, Dewanda, um, so let's go back prior to um, your kidney surgery. What was life like just waiting for your gift? I suffered with diabetes for 30 years. So my doctor, he uh, didn't want me to be on dialysis. So he said, because it would be imminent, September of 2010, I began the evaluation process and I was listed uh, late March never having to be on dialysis and only on the list for 11 days. So 11 days. 11 days. And it was not a very long wait. And I matched perfectly. Is perfectly. that not a miracle? It a is a miracle. amazing story from God. It's just, just a miracle from God. So, yes. And so now, <laughs> what is life like? Aside from the fact that you get to go to Pasadena with Miss <laughs> Benita, who is absolutely a firecracker and yes. incredible. Um, but what is life like now that you're not suffering? It's amazing to be able to uh, go to my doctor appointments and they tell me how well I'm doing. I went to Tulane for my five-year appointment because I go every year. And when I got there, I'm the the doctor was like, Ms. DeWanda, you're the reason we give transplants because you take such good care of yourself. Well, you know, you don't get a kidney in 11 days. And you don't be a perfect match. So you have to take care of that. So somebody died. Buck died so that I could live. So I have to take care of myself and Buck's kidney. He's still living on. I'm excited. Right. It's wonderful. So I, I get very, very good reports from the doctor. It was like a perfect match, you know? In every sense of the... A match in the made in heaven, from yes. every sense of the word, really. I'm just... I just couldn't believe it. Miracles do happen. They do. I'm one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm so excited, and I can't wait again to uh, just be there, you know, in the mix of everything, yes. helping to decorate the flow, and to know the most amazing part of it is that Buck will be there in a sense. Yes, he will. Yes. yes, he will. He will be there because he lives inside of me. You know. So, yes. I don't even know if there are words to describe this experience. But I'm very, very blessed and fortunate to be able to honor Buck, our Louisiana honoree. That's right, our Louisiana hero. Yes, he's our hero. Hero, my hero. Buck is my hero. You hear me clapping? Buck is my hero. Yay! <laughs> Ms. Wanda, thank you so much. My and, pleasure. Uh, Gifted Life Podcast audience, I'm getting the best hug. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Mm, thank you again, my babe. <laughs> thank you, my baby. It's so great to hear from both Buck's mom and yes. his kidney recipient. <sighs> Incredible. And then to find out that this is the first time we were able to send 
both a recipient and the donor family there to L.A. for this Rose Parade is, is just amazing. And I can't wait to hear more about their experiences there. They went together. I love it. I love to hear that. Uh, we hear a lot of our donor families and recipients say, we're family now. We're family. And yeah. they got to experience this together. together. So we're going to invite them back on the podcast. I always love talking to these families, hearing from these families when they come back, because it's mm-hmm. such a whirlwind of an experience is what we've been told, like you have to go there and they're going to do their best to fill us in. So that's going to be coming up on a future episode of The Gifted Life. At this point on The Gifted Life podcast, we want to introduce you to one of our friends, right? Her name is Reese Gilmore. And I have to tell you, hey, Miss Reese. Hi. One of my first volunteer trainings, I was sitting on the side of you and you were telling us your story, your journey, and I could not breathe Mm -hmm. because I was in tears, and I just couldn't imagine the strength that was inside of you. I was just blown away. And then everybody in this room and at Lopa, I think, feels the same way, right, Joe? Absolutely. Um, I met Reese once. She's been to quite a bit of our events and been able to tell her story, and it is very powerful. Yeah, just an inspiring woman. And so that's why we are so pleased to introduce you to Miss Reese. She is now at Maddie's Footprints, which we're going to tell you about, a resource for lots of families out there. But Miss Reese, the way that we know you here at Lopa is that you are the mother of a hero, right? Right. I sure am. And so it was a two-year-old little cutie patootie named Clint. So can you tell us a little bit about Clint? Oh, yes. He was a perfectly healthy, normal, beautiful, vibrant two-year-old little boy, and he uh, he drowned in our front pond right out of his second birthday. Mm, and that was back in 2008. That's correct, 2008. And so when it came to donation and this two-year-old sweet angel, which I love hearing you light up talking <sighs> about him, we can hear it, but that was back in 2008, so donation to you at that time was what? What did you think about it? Well, I have always explained it like this. I was a donor and have been ever since I went and got my driver's license, you know, and always promoted and believed in organ and tissue donation, but had never given much thought as to whether or not my children would be donors. And, of course, that's just something that until we're kind of able to make that decision ourselves, it's not something that families typically talk about. It's kind of a taboo subject. You never want to talk about if something bad happens to your child. So I think, you know, in the beginning for us, it was a tragic death. Mm -hmm. So when we got the call from Lopa, you know, it was that moment of it caught me off guard. I was still trying to wrap my head around the fact that he had passed away. But Luckily, in a brief moment, and I had to make a, you know, I told the lady, I said, I'm going to have to call you back. And it was a two-minute conversation, and we, you know, my husband and I looked at each other, and we said, we're donors, why wouldn't our kids be? And so we made the call back, and through the midst of tragedy was the best decision we could have ever made. And that's what I wanted to ask you. That was back in 2008, so did donation help your family in your journey? What would you say donation meant to you? Donation was everything. It gave us hope. It gave us Clint's purpose. Um, 
it allowed us, you know, Clint was a normal two-year-old little boy who already at that age, he loved all the superheroes, Batman, Spider-Man, Superman. And I know if I had have asked him, do you want to be a hero? He would have said yes, because he would have related that to being Superman. So it gave us complete hope that we were doing something good for somebody else. It's the ultimate gift. It's the most unselfish gift that you can give to a complete stranger. You sound like a strong, just loving mom. We love to hear that. And actually, Reese is going to tell us more about Clint uh, coming up in our hero segment, so stay tuned for that. We do want you, with all of your knowledge, with all of your experience, to tell us about Maddie's Footprints, because that's where you have landed, and it's like you're using all that you went through to help others heal, right? Tell us about Maddie's Footprints. Well, I say that I spent eight years in training for this job. I definitely knew that I wanted to do something with Clint's legacy and be able to continue to help parents who have suffered loss. So this summer... I ended up receiving a position here at Maddie's Footprints. It started off that, you know, I was the event coordinator, but I have been able to deal with families that, you know, are going through similar loss. Maddie's was established in January 2010, and it was established in memory of Miss Madeline Noel McGrew. She was the daughter of Travis and Lori McGrew, our founders. In a routine ultrasound, when I think Lori was 32 weeks pregnant, they found that she had uh, clear markers of trisomy 18, which, you know, are birth abnormalities that, you know, are basically incompatible with life. So as they prepared for the birth of their baby, they also had to possibly prepare for the death, and Maddie did end up passing away, and Travis and Lori were very diligent in wanting to give back and wanting to pay it forward and help families that had suffered same type of infant loss. So they established Maddie's Footprints, and the vision of Maddie's is to help families who've experienced miscarriage, stillbirth, or infant loss. We basically lead people in the right direction, provide them with bereavement resources, counseling. We offer these families financial assistance for end-of-life expenses or even medical expenses. We just believe that in the midst of, you know, the worst time in your life, the last thing that you want to have to absorb is the financial burden. So this is where Maddie steps up and, you know, is able to offer some of that relief at a very desperate time. It's amazing work that you guys are doing. And I've been following Maddie's footprints uh, because I went to Maddie's funeral. I was close friends with Lori and Travis throughout this whole ordeal. And to see what they've done, you know, through such tragedy, I remember how much help, you know, grief stricken everyone was, you know, Mm -hmm. them, their, their friends, family to see what they've done and, and how they've been able to pay it forward is, is amazing. like I said, it, yes, it is amazing. It's tough to go through that and then come out and help so many others. And Reese, right. um, you know, just on the social media feed, some of my friends go to certain events that you guys have out in the communities to spread awareness, to spread the word, but I feel the emotion from these moms who are there for a purpose, right? Absolutely. 
you know, we always say that this is not a club that any of us would readily sign up for. But in the midst of the group, you learn strength amongst families that is just amazing. You know, beautiful, beautiful people. You form bonds that are unbreakable. It's been a beautiful organization of amazing people. And unfortunately, death, infant death, it doesn't stop. I used to say, you know, I wasn't the first and I won't be the last, but I can certainly help the next person that comes along. That's what Maddie's is about, and it's about a group of people being there for each other and really providing the right source of support right when you need it. So Maddie's Footprints originally started out supporting more right in the Lafayette, of course, right around Lafayette, but you guys have grown it now to where you're helping uh, throughout all Acadian and then some, right? Correct. We serve over 10 parishes, and to date, we've actually served over 760 families. Wow. That's yeah. pretty powerful. And, you know, Very. we always say one person can make a difference. That's Look right. what happened. Right. That's so we right. wanted to offer this as a resource. We wanted to let folks know about it. We appreciate you guys being a partner out there in the community. If folks want to learn more about Maddie's Footprints, maybe participate where can they do that, Reese? They can go to www.maddiesfootprints.org. And our phone number is 337-534-4209. And to make it even easier for you guys, at lopa.org on our website, there is a link to Maddie's Footprints under Neonatal Donation. Reese, we appreciate you sharing your story We appreciate you helping these families. We appreciate Maddie's footprints. And we look forward to learning more about Clint coming up in this episode of The Gifted Life. Well, thank you all so much. I appreciate it. These are those moments where you're still able to be a mom, you know, and tell a story. Well, you're a good one, and we appreciate you. Thank you. family support segment we are continuing a conversation from our last podcast here on the gifted life and sweet sally joins us by phone as she is still in flood recovery hey sal hey Lori. hi joey hey sally this time we'll be tackling the relationship between anxiety and depression that's right during this part of our discussion about anxiety. We had previously uh, had talked about stress and anxiety, but now we're going to talk about the relationship between anxiety and depression. And the interesting thing is that no one really knows exactly why, but you know, depression and anxiety can occur together, which seems a little bit odd, but 85% of those with major depression also were diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. But, you know, to put this in its proper perspective, as I had mentioned during our last conversation about this, it's like that black cloud that just hangs over your head. And we know that when one's depressed, emotions such as hopelessness, despair, uh, and anger are usually present. 
However, a person with anxiety disorder uh, usually experiences fear, sometimes panic attacks or anxiety in situations you know, where most of us would go, oh, well, you know, we might be a little stressed over this, but we don't feel anxious or threatened by the situation. But, you know, mental health professionals state that these two disorders often go hand in hand, but they are considered in our profession that they're the fraternal twins of mood disorders. And this is believed to be caused by a malfunction in brain chemistry. You know, generalized anxiety is not your normal apprehension that one feels, say, you know, right before a job interview or maybe doing the podcast. And for reasons only partially known, fear seems to be a constant companion that results in that brain's fight or flight mechanism when it gets activated, even when no real threat exists. And for many people who are going through this, that feeling of being in danger just never goes away. It's constantly with them, which keeps them then anxious about what's going on in their life, but they cannot identify a particular event or situation that causes it. And I think, too, that it's not only a tremendous challenge for people who do experience this, but for the mental health professional they may be seeing that's treating this disorder. I think, too, that like alcohol and barbiturates, depression and anxiety can be a very deadly combination when taken together. And what I want to recommend to people is this. If you find yourself experiencing these types of systems, please reach out for help. Don't think you need to go through this all on your own because there are folks out here that want to help you get through this and help you see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. For more information about this, please go to www www.lopa.org. Go to the Family Services tab and then click on the Support Resources tab and we'll have a lot more information that you may research on your own. Or you certainly may call us on our hotline. That number is 504-648-3477. Excellent. And if you have questions, maybe you want Sally to tackle a certain topic, you can always talk to us through email, info at lopa.org. At this point in the podcast, we are honoring a hero. We're kind of changing things up on how this story is rolled out to you. This time, fortunately, we have Miss Reese, and she's going to be able to honor her hero and our hero, Clinton Ryan. On June 7, 2008, our family suffered a devastating loss. My two-year-old son, Clinton Ryan, drowned in our front pond. Faced with my worst nightmare, I had no idea what was going to lie ahead of me. But that same evening, we received a call from LOPA, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, asking if we would be willing to donate. I was taken back by the phone call, and I did my best to process this request, but I had to even ask if I could call them back. I knew that I was a donor. I had been a donor ever since I had received my driver's license. But I'd never given much thought, you know, as to whether or not my children would be donors. But thankfully, sound judgment came through in a moment of despair, and luckily we said yes. And it was through that one decision and through that simple three-lettered word that my journey changed. My first year was basically spent just existing. It was an accomplishment to brush my teeth and my hair. and I, But I knew that no matter what, at end of year one, I wanted to find a way to emerge a, a new me. My goal was to find Clint's purpose. I remember the day that it hit me and I figured out what 
we wanted to do, and that was to educate people on organ and tissue donation. I was caught off guard when I received the call, but it soon became clear to me that organ and tissue recovery is a very time-sensitive thing. The window of opportunity for successful recovery is small, so decisions should be made quickly. If more people would talk about this, then a decision could be made ahead of tragedy. I understood that most parents wouldn't ever want to harbor on negatives or even veer off and think about the bad what-ifs, but to me it was simply more just about educating. When you become a new parent, we research the best car seat, not because we anticipate getting in a bad wreck, but because we want our baby safe. That makes us good parents. We begin to talk about a will. Who will raise our kids if something should happen to us? Not because we anticipate that we'll prematurely die and leave them abandoned, but it's because it's something we do because we're responsible parents. We teach our kids to learn to dial 911, not because we think we'll ever have to use it, but we want our kids to be equipped with resources that could help save a life. How are any of these topics any different? So my goal was to simply get new parents to determine whether or not their children would be donors. Now, I understand it's a personal choice, but why not decide early on instead of when you're in the throes of tragedy? The decision that we made to say yes resulted in an amazing testimony. It gave me the chance to uncover Clint's purpose. I was able to get involved with LOPA, and I never looked back. I started speaking and educating families. A couple of years later, something amazing happened. We were actually able to meet one of Clint's recipients. Clint gave the gift of sight to Joseph, and Joseph was a kind, tender, and wonderful, compassionate man. He adored Clint, and he was so thankful for his gift. It was truly one of the happiest days of my life when I stared into Joseph's eyes. I felt that a part of my life had been given back to me in that one moment. It was then that I knew that I had found Clint's purpose, and it was just beginning. It was Clint's purpose, but it was my journey, and things started to finally make sense. I knew that someday this experience would be used to help others, to provide people with hope. Eight years ago, I began training for my position with Maddie's Footprints. Although I didn't know it then, I was being prepared for something very special. It's amazing how Maddie's Footprints would help lead me to Clint's purpose, which is now my journey, but now I know it was always God's mission. We never know what side of life we will stand on. Are we going to be the hero? Or are we in search and in need of a hero? Or are we allowing somebody we love the chance to be a hero? No matter what, at some point in our lives, we all have a chance to make a difference and be a hero to someone else. Wow. Thank you so much, Reese. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for sharing Clint. It's amazing. At this time, we'd like to pause and say thank you to Clint for the gift of life. This is the question and answer segment. This time, I'm the one asking the question. I feel like you were trying to mock me, which is a form of flattery. I'll take it. it. Okay. So this one came up to us uh, from info at lopa.org. The question is, how can I learn more about ways I can participate, contribute, and volunteer this year? Oh, that's a good one. Anybody doing resolutions? Show of hands. It's just me <laughs> yeah. and you, Joey. So raise your hand. There you go. What's your resolution? I'm, I'm registering again. <laughs> yes. So I know you do a lot of community events. Maybe add yes. one more to your calendar. 
because you have nothing going on nothing. otherwise, right? So we hope that you do something in the new year, in 2017, to help us make life happen. There are lots of ways that you can do that. You can check out lopa.org. You can register as a volunteer in your region of Louisiana. You can sign up for our newsletter. We have a contribution page. Did you know that? You can visit our events calendar. If you're from outside of Louisiana listening in, we encourage you to visit the website of the Oregon Procurement Agency servicing your area. But really, it's anything you want to do. We have a recipient family, and they put together family recipes. And in the back of the book, they put a sign-up-to-be-a-donor page. Here's the information. And then they sold those, and then the proceeds came back to LOPA. So it doesn't have to be something that we've been doing. Actually, we like those new ideas. How are you going to go out and make a difference? A lot of people like to use social media, and that's where a lot of folks get their news. So what can you do? You can share the podcast. There's really nothing that you can't do, really, to help us make life happen. So all you have to do is want to do it. And if you sign up to volunteer, then we find out what your comforts are. Maybe you like runs. Maybe you like speaking at churches. Maybe you like schools and interacting with the children. So we find the perfect match for you, and that's where you can do your most good. So we will find a way for you to help in any way, shape, or form. But put that on your calendar in 2017. What will you do to help us make life happen? It's really easy, right? I got so excited about that one. All right, info at lopa.org if you have any more questions, or you can call us on our hotline, 504-648-3477. Our first podcast of 2017 in the books. 2017. Accomplished. We feel accomplished. We should have hoverboards. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Will you buy us all what? Yeah. <laughs> want to give special thanks to Ms. Reese Gilmore first for sharing Clint's story with us in a way that only she could. Mm-hmm. And then sharing a little bit about Maddie's footprints and how they help support other families that are grieving, especially those who have lost a baby. Yeah, that was a pretty powerful one. Got to thank Miss Sally G of Lopa fame there. She is still in flood recovery but made it a point to be on this podcast to help us learn, to help us grow. So thanks to Sally. And certainly thanks to Miss Shalon Caraway, no longer Lachele. New last name. Congrats, (laughs) Shalon. And Miss Bonita Wilson and Dewanda, of course, for sharing their emotions of that first time that they were able to see that floor graph of Buck. Yeah, and we are going to get right on inviting them back onto the podcast so we can hear their experience at the Rose Parade, yeah. which I hear is pretty spectacular. So a power-packed Gifted Life podcast as we start 2017. We do want to ask a favor, and that is for you to continue to spread donation awareness. We will help you do that. So lopa.org is a great resource for you. Info at lopa.org if there's something you want us to talk about in the new year. And we hope that everyone goes out and does something that they don't normally do to help us make life happen. Have a good one. Thank mm-hmm. you.